Blog Talk Radio. This is Franchise Today, brought to you by FRM Solutions, providers of the best-in-class software solutions for franchise relationship management. Franchise Today is your destination for weekly information, conversations, and interviews with accomplished industry leaders, all of whom share best practices for sustainable growth and sensible franchising. Here now, your host, Stan Friedman, to kick off this week's podcast with the Solink part of the house. And yes, this is Franchise Today, and I'm Stan Friedman, welcoming you to the fourth episode of the 10th consecutive season of this podcast. Today is Wednesday, February 6th, 2019, and what a difference a week makes. Just a week ago today, I was coming to you from frostbitten Atlanta, Georgia, where I woke up that morning to 21-degree temperatures. Well, I'm still in Atlanta but it was 58 this morning, albeit a soaking wet Wednesday, but it's on its way to a high of the 70s, so I'll take it. I want to give many thanks to last week's guests, Jim Fliss, head of SBA Lending Nationwide for KeyBank, was good enough to give us an overview of what we can expect from the backlog of SBA loans that are now working their way through processing following the government shutdown. Jim joined us for the all-new Front of the House segment, which is now sponsored weekly by Soullink. And speaking of Soullink, let me tell you a little about Soullink. Again, it is an amazing technology company that does for loss prevention what Apple and Android did for cell phones. They've made these systems smart. So whether you own a single unit or a multi-unit empire builder or best of all if you're the franchisor of a retail or a restaurant brand with any level of interest in the unit-level economics of your franchisees, and you don't know about Solink, take my advice and do something about that today. The easiest way would be to download last week's episode of this podcast when Jim Farrell, Solink's VP of Sales, was my guest and shared all the ways that the technology captures instances of exceptional behavior, both bad and good. It records everything that goes on in the front and back of the house and directs your attention to the specific clips of every business pain point during the day-to-day operations in your units. This makes it really easy to have, a full, to have full visibility into every action and every transaction at every site from any device anywhere on demand. Solink cuts through the noise and the excess footage taken by static security cameras and rather directly highlights and showcases the day's notable events, unusual transactions, and unauthorized activity. This puts your current point-of-sale systems and camera systems on double duty providing value added from existing POS cameras and other digital systems. No new acquisition of hardware required to make Solink work for you. And what's better, there's no waiting through hours and hours of tape to see what's going on. Solink catches it all, and you can catch Solink as Marty, Matt, and the rest of of Jim's team are going to be on the floor of the exhibit hall in Las Vegas at the IFA convention demonstrating their tools. And, of course, you can always find them online at Solink.com. Lastly, on last week, uh, thanks again to Jim Farrell for joining us as our guest and, of course, for providing a new sponsorship to Franchise Today's Front of the House. So welcome, Solink. Looking forward to a great year with you together here on Franchise Today. Today, I'm looking forward to my conversation with a longtime friend of, I don't know, 20-plus years. just feels a lot longer than that, but it's been 20-plus years 
and he is a returning guest to the program. I'm talking about Tom Portizzi, president and CEO of MFV Expos, longtime producers of the leading franchise trade shows in America, and now for that matter, the world. But here in the States, MFV trade shows include Franchise Expo South, Franchise Expo West and Midwest, and the great granddaddy of them all, the International Franchise Expo, or the IFE, as we call it, in New York. Tom, welcome back to Franchise Today. Thanks so much. Glad to be back, Stan. And it's good to have you back, Tom. And today we're going to be talking about something completely different than the shows. But before we get into any of that, why don't you give the audience a thumbnail of the other countries included within the MFV footprint since you guys have now expanded that considerably. And while we're not talking about shows per se today, we are going to be diving into a topic that does have global implications. So talk about some of those other countries and, and about the new umbrella over MFV's head. Well, two years ago, we were acquired by a company named Comixposium, which happens to be the third largest um, trade show organization in the world, uh, and they have a footprint all over the world. But specifically from MFV's perspective and, and franchise shows, in addition to the uh, five shows we now do here in the U.S., we produce one of the biggest franchise shows in the world in Mexico City. Uh, we have a strategic partnership with the group uh, that produces the event in Madrid. Um, we also produce a show in London and produce a show in Guadalajara, as well as Frankfurt, our newest international show. And in January of next year, we're going to be doing a European master and multi-unit franchise uh, together with Franchise Update, uh, who do that great event in Las Vegas, and we'll be doing that in January in Vienna. So that's quite a lineup, and it's quite an undertaking, I suppose, to, you know, everybody walks the floor of a show, and it looks so easy because you guys are so professional at what you do and getting those shows set up the way you do. How many people are involved, Tom, on the team? Well, here in the U.S., uh, we have about uh, 25 people. We have a similar staff in Mexico City. Uh, and then uh, our, our partner in the U.K. has a staff of about uh, five, and we have a similar group in Germany, which is split between Germany and Austria, really. So, so. it's a rather large, large organization, and in total, how many shows a year? So we're doing, let's see, so we have uh, here, so we're probably doing about 11 shows a year, domestically and worldwide. So if that's not enough, I guess it's time to take on a new undertaking, and that's kind of what we're going to talk about today, <laughs> is, an, is an exciting competition that you've, um, that you've brought into the MFV fold, which makes nothing but sense when, you, when everyone listens to today's podcast and and sees how well this ties into your existing line of business. It'll all make sense. But to me, it just seems like this is a huge undertaking in and of itself. And what I'm talking about is the best franchisee of the world competition, which is now an MFV production and was just announced about a week or two ago. And here's Tom to, uh, to fill in some more of those details and tell us about this exciting competition and what it will do for franchisors and franchisees who participate. So if, let's start with the, just the overview, Tom, a little thumbnail about the competition's history and your vision for where it's going to take you and MFV going forward. 
Well, you know, we were bored, so we needed something else to do. And, and, and I knew you were bored too, Stan, so we wanted to drag you along as well as one of the judges here in the U.S. But uh, the event is an event that's been taking place for about six years, uh, held in Florence each year. Uh, and very different from a format of what we're going to be doing. Um, a franchisor would participate and take along a franchisee, and there would be a contest, uh, and judges would vote on it once they got to Florence. Um, what we've decided to do, and we acquired the rights to it, um, we were I was a judge uh, a number of years ago. But what we decided to do is we said, listen, this should be a number of domestic events around the world. So as an example, here in the U.S., as you know, Stan, we, we're, we're going to have franchisors nominate one or more of their franchisees to be considered the best franchisee in the United States. And we're going to have five judges, all very strategic to the franchise industry, um, take these nominations and narrow it down to five finalists. Um, those finalists are going to be people who best exemplify what's great about franchising. They could have a single-unit franchise, uh, you know, janitorial service, or 250 McDonald's. What we want to know is who best represents what's great about franchising, how it's changed their life, the life of their family, the community. Um, and then we'll narrow down to the five people, and each of the judges will talk to the five people. And they will pick a winner based on those conversations. Um, they can't vote for the person they nominated because we could, you know, that could go on forever. But they'll vote for one of the other four. And then that person, their spouse or partner, the judge that first nominated them, a member of the Franchise Association here in the U.S., um, the franchisor representative will all go to Florence and represent the United States states in what will be the best franchisee of the world, and they'll be with uh, seven other countries. All right, so that's a whole lot to unpack. Let's, let's start by talking first about, you've already outed me as a judge, so who are the other four, Tom? Well, we have uh, Therese Thilgen, Franchise Update. We have um, that guy, Stan Friedman. I think you know him. Um, we have John Hayes. We have um, Eric. I should have pulled this up, shouldn't I have? It's, it's a fluid. Eric, Eric Stites. Eric Stites and Amy Chang, who I was just on the phone with two seconds ago. Thank you. <laughs> so thank you so much. Which is which I'm, is really a star-studded lineup. Well, and let's explain to the audience why. Uh, out of all the people you could have chosen, categorically anyway, you pick people that have no direct nexus to any of the potential nominees. So we are people who are all about franchising, but we are people who don't really have any any horse in the race to, you know, to play favorite over a brand or an, one brand over another. So I think it kind of builds a firewall. Was that not your thinking? Exactly. Exactly. There's there's no one with you know that has a dog in the fight, if you will, right? No one, um, and and everyone knows so much about franchising that uh, they could pick the people who's best suited to be the representative of of the U.S. 
So let's talk to you. And th- th- this is for my personal information as well as for the audience. I'm, I'm bringing the audience along as you're educating me as to what it is that as, as a judge I'm going to be required to do. So help the audience understand how a single unit franchisee of a Jimmy John's or of a sandwich shop can stand on the same level playing field as someone like Aslam Khan or somebody who's got 60 or 100 of something or another, flying flags of multiple brands. How, how are we going to keep that equality? Because what we're going to look at is the story, right? The story of what happened. Why, why did they decide to go into business for themselves? What were the circumstances associated with that? Why did they choose franchising as the vehicle to do that? What was compelling about franchising uh, to them? What, what made them say, listen, this is how I'm going to achieve my goal? And then what made them ultimately pick a franchise system they chose? And once, once they've gone through that process, and, and there's some great stories. You've been around long enough, Stan, to know that there's some incredible stories. Once they've done that, how has it changed their life? You know, in so many cases, it was a roll of the dice with everything they had. And they just put their head down and just worked and worked. And, and you know, three years later, five years later, ten years later, their entire world has changed. It's changed their life. It's changed the life of their family. It's provided opportunities that would never have been there. Uh, and in so many cases, it's changed the community. They've had an impact on the community that they do business in. It's that kind of story that you and I and the association and the entire franchise industry need to bring to the public. They need to know more about that. They need to know just how powerful franchising is. Okay, so then how are these nominations going to happen? And do how are you going to let franchisors understand that this opportunity exists for their nominations to, of their, you know, up to, you said, five of their franchisees? And what are the criteria for the franchisees who are being nominated? Well, the criteria is just that they have to be in business for two years. They had to have been operated for two years because they really can't have an impact on the things we talked about if that wasn't the case. But it doesn't right. mean that they had the explosive growth, although we want to know how they're doing, right, financially and what, what type of increases they've seen. Um, but what we want to know is the compelling story and what a franchise will do. And in many cases, they have their own internal uh, you know, a convention where they nominate franchisees, but they probably use a very different set of criteria than what we just discussed. But they'll go online and they will nominate the franchisees, and uh, we will take those nominations, and uh, then an application will go out. It's just simple questions, similar to what we just talked about, to each of the nominated franchisees. All right, and then we five judges. We get packets from MFV for you will receive review packets. and consideration? Correct. So you will have a fifth of the nominations sent to you. And out of those nominations, you will pick, just based on the application, a finalist, as will the other four judges. And then the five of you will speak to those five finalists. And each of you will submit who you believe to be the best representative for the U.S., and and I think I heard someplace in that opening dialogue that the winning judge and somebody from the association and the franchisor all get a trip for two to Florence 
So I'm just sitting here trying to figure out how to stack the deck to be sure that the five or ten or fifteen applications that are that are sent to me uh, pop to the top. You know what I mean, Tom? <laughs> I would I would think nothing less than I would. <laughs> I would have thought nothing less. So what what's going to happen is, as I say, you're not going to be able to vote the winner. You you can't vote the person you nominated as the winner, as the other judges right. can as well. But if your right. nominated franchisee winds up being the ult, you know the the ultimate winner for the U.S., then it's you as the nominating judge who will go to Florence. What do you anticipate for? For membership registration or for nomination registration, what what's your goal for how many U.S. I, nominees will showcase or be showcased? I think we're going to see somewhere between 250 and 300 nominations. That's my best guesstimate. And then what's the rollout look like? So franchisors can start making nominations as soon as when, right now? Right now. We just opened it up. At uh, Franchise Expo South, we released, you know, the press release, as you know, and we announced it to the industry. Um, and we're just going to start to promote it now. Registrations and nominations are open. People can go to bestfranchiseeoftheworld.com, and, uh, and they could actually click to, to, to nominate right from there. Okay. And then talk about what happens between now and – March, April, May, June, I guess it was the IFE is going to be the announcement of the best in the country. Is that right? Correct. So what we what we want to do is we want to have it narrowed down um, in May with the winner ultimately chosen before the IFE, which is the end of May, beginning of June, and, uh, and then use the, the rest of the time between then and December to really promote that person, promote the contest, to... to, to to get some information out everywhere in the press about this process and how great franchising is. Is there going to be any kind of a leaderboard, Tom? Is there going to be anything that will help people stay engaged? And can can the judges be influenced at all by outside influences of people who support the nominees? How, how does that look? Or is it going to stay closed and be really um, more based on the actual applications than – being swayed by any kind of public opinion or you know, nobody's going to be able to create a cheering squad in favor of a single franchisee to try to lean our opinions in one direction or the other. Isn't that correct? You know better than to believe that that's not going to be tried. <laughs> You've been around way too long, Stan, to know that, uh, of course, they're going to try it. But if you look at the five judges, including yourself, they're unswayable. These are people of, you know, high integrity. These are people who understand that regardless of, you know, whatever influence and, and persuading and prodding, they're going to pick what they believe to be the person who best represents what's great about franchising in their nominations. And they're and going to vote, even if it's not the person they voted for. I, I, I could see a scenario, Stan, where you find in your stack of nominations this really great story. And you, that's who you nominate. And in the course of speaking to that person and the other four, you hear a story that's even more compelling. And you're going to feel real strong. And you can't vote for yours anyway, but even if that weren't the case, I, I just, mm -hmm. you know, again, I know the people very well who are the judges. And, and I think you guys are just 
unswayable, if that's a word. I think IFA has got to be loving this too. I haven't talked with anybody at IFA about it yet, but my my first impression when when you called me and just shared with me the thought of what you were doing, and you just said, "Hey, Stan, you got a minute? I want I want to run something by you." And when Tom says that, I usually gear up for some wild and crazy marketing idea because you are <laughs> filled, your head is filled with those by the minute. Um, but I loved what I heard immediately. In fact, you asked me to think about this before I said yes, and I said, I'm not thinking about it. There's nothing to think about. This is such a winner in my mind in so many ways. And if we think back to the leadership of the IFA when Aziz Hashim took the helm a few years ago, one of his most compelling um, one of his most compelling mandates was to try and correct the messaging to the layman universe as to what franchising really is and what franchising really does and how it delivers back to local communities. You know, you've got the names of big brands on your stores, but the operators and the employees are all people from your local community and, and all the stories that have come out since through franchising gives back and through France social and all the places that try to showcase uh, the compelling differences in lives that are made by franchising. This feeds right into that. This, this has got to be huge for IFA. What do you think? What do you hear? Well, I hear that it is right. So I I think they feel the same way. I think you just articulated it perfectly. Um, I think the more people know about franchising and the power of franchising and, and what's great about franchising, the better off we all are, right? We who work within the industry, the industry itself, uh, opportunities for people who wouldn't have even considered it. We all know the fallacies out there. We all think and, you know, we all know people who say, oh, I can't buy a franchise. It's a million dollars and it's in food. You know, that, that, that's, that hasn't been the case in a long, long time, right? I mean, there's not an industry in the world that's not touched by franchising anymore. And, and the pricing and the, and the opportunities to finance are so great. Um, and the more people know about it, the better off we're all going to be, including, including our politicians, I, I don't think politics. we'd be having these. Right, I don't think we'd be having these joint employer wars and conversations if they understood it better. Your point just now about you know you see the big brand on the on, on the sign on the door, but it's you know Mary and Joe Six Pack who have worked their entire right. life to get that store open. Right. So Tom, talk a little bit about the value proposition beside obviously doing the right thing and nominating. Uh, three, four, or five of his or her franchisees. Um, what else is in it for the franchisor? Well, I think, again, it's, it's they, like you and I and everyone else, have uh, an interest in making sure that people understand what's great about franchising. But particularly for each franchisor, there's two things that are going to be of great value. The first is they're going to recognize some franchisees that they should be recognizing, one or more. Right? It should be it should be the kind of story, the kind of person that everybody should aspire to be like. So that recognition will go a long way within this the system itself. And number two, from a marketing perspective, the day they nominate somebody, their marketing materials could be saying, We have a franchisee who is nominated to be best franchisee of the world. I mean they could include that in their marketing. 
So it makes sense for a franchisor to do it for, for lots of different reasons, but uh, it should be compelling for all of those three reasons. I can't imagine a franchisor who won't see that value proposition. I mean, in terms of just your own recruitment to have a crest or something on your website or on your advertising that saying, you know, our franchise, four of our franchisees are participating in the best franchisee of the world competition. That might just send a little bit of a meta message to a candidate for a franchise about that brand. What do you think? <laughs> that's, that's our thought. And we think that most franchisors, it's a, you know, the nomination fee is somewhere between 450 and $350, depending on the number you nominate. So from, from a franchisor's perspective, uh, I think that that is a small price to pay to, to have that little bit of an edge in, in the recruitment process, I think. What's gonna, and what's going to happen at IFE? So you say we're going to make an announcement there, or is there going to be any kind of uh, – final leg of the final judges tallies and decisions actually happening there or is that just going to be a press event i think i think it'll be more of a press event i think we'll do something with the with the judges um i think the only one who will know who the winner is will be the judges and they'll learn that just before and uh i know that we'll all keep it a big secret even internally here at mfv um, and uh, the one person who may know is the person that, uh, again, depending on the set of circumstances for that person, um, we'd love to have them there as well, the winner. Franchise Today will be right back. But first, a word from our sponsor. Hey, you're listening to Franchise Today. I'm Stan Friedman, and I'm talking today with longtime friend, Tom Portizzi, president and CEO of MFV Expos, producers of the greatest franchise expos on the planet, and now the best franchisee of the world competition. This segment of Franchise Today is brought to you by the Franchise Foundry, where Paul Segreto and his team have been bringing emerging brands to market for more than 30 years, providing them the guidance and wisdom needed to assure sustainable growth as they build out their brands. They achieve this by both coaching and consulting their clients, delivering more effective solutions for both the franchisor's corporate team as well as for their franchisees. Practical, hands-on experience and expertise is what the Foundry provides for their clients in general management, business management, operational and change management, digital marketing, and of course, franchise recruitment and development. You can learn more about how the Franchise Foundry can take your brand to the next level by paying them a visit at www.franchisefoundry.com. And Franchise Today is produced and presented each week by FRM Solutions, providing best-in-class CRM and document management software designed specifically for franchising. FRM enables real-time business intelligence, communication, and collaboration between all members of the franchisor's team and their prospective and existing franchisees. This empowers your team to simply and seamlessly track, access, and manage all communications to and from both prospective and existing franchisees, including texts. Legal and compliance is simplified as well with FRM's document management and even site visits can be digitally facilitated and scored with FRM. Make today the day you give FRM a look and assure that all your candidate and franchisee correspondence, including texts, 
are being permanently tracked and archived in candidate and franchisee records. FRM even provides state-of-the-art digital experiences for your prospective franchisees, replacing old virtual for old-style virtual brochures, no long-term contracts, multiple upgrades each year at no additional cost, no excuses, just solutions. And you can look for us, and the FRM team joins me at the upcoming IFA convention in booth 541 and 543, and, of course, always found online at frmsolutions.com. So, Tom, before we, um, before we dive a little further into this competition, um, I saw you a couple weeks ago. We were both down in, in sunny South Florida, weren't we not? We were. <laughs> and I caught, <laughs> I caught a Kodak moment. <laughs> I caught a Kodak moment that I can't help but share with the audience. Tom, are you going to be okay with that? You know, I anticipated this. I, I kind of figured it might come up. <laughs> so I want the audience to picture this. Any of you who have ever exhibited at any of Tom's shows knows that there is a cardinal rule. Cardinal rule number one through ten is the same cardinal rule. You do not do what until when, Tom? You don't break down until the show is over. You don't dismantle your display until the show is over. Okay, Stan, I have to go now. (laughs) So here we were two weeks ago. Um, Tom and I were at the first leg of a great week in South Florida. We were at the Titus Center for Franchising in West Palm Beach. Dr. John Hayes, one of my fellow judges in this competition that we're discussing, held the first ever at Titus Center Franchise Sales Boot Camp which was a great event in and of itself. Hundred, hundred or so people invite, invited and involved. Um, great speakers, uh, great you know franchisors, professionals from the uh, from the franchise world, and a little bit of an exhibit area that those of us who sponsored had you know tables with a little pop up display, and we were able to talk to all of those that were in attendance. Well, of course, MFV. Expos Tom, like myself, is a member of Dr. Hayes' advisory board. And so MFV, of course, had a really well-positioned table. And Tom and Sheila were able to have all their T-shirts to give away and showcasing all of their expos and all their shows. And then on day two, about four hours before breakdown time, Tom, what happened at your table? I don't know what you're talking about, Stan. Yeah. <laughs> I think there was a, I think there was an electrical fire, and we had to remove the booth. And no, listen, we were told to participate and do everything, knowing we had a show the next day that we had to get down to set up. So we said between sessions, would it be okay? We'll participate and support this event in every way we can. But of course, we have a show, and we have all our great exhibitors, and all of the people. Uh, that support our event, like Stan, that we had to get down there and make sure we were providing the customer service they were used to. So we had to break down early. So I'm having just and... nothing but a little bit of fun here, Tom. You know that. <laughs> and I and I encourage the audience, anyone in the audience, who uh, who might need you know a photo or some evidence of this, yeah, give me a ring. I might have a, a picture <laughs> here that I, that I could share of. Sheila sitting calmly at the table while Tom is breaking it down, and, and the rest of the hall is everybody standing at their showcase booth doing what they're supposed to be doing. They were exhibiting, and Tom is breaking it down, and 
Again, what were those rules, Tom? I can't remember. So picture this. Picture (laughs) this, Dan. My back is to you, and I'm breaking down the booth. Sheila is sitting in the chair, and she's staring toward you. And I just looked at her as I'm doing this, and I said to her, Stan is behind me taking a picture, isn't he? You could feel that. Stan right? Friedman is Stan. I could feel it. I said he's behind me taking a picture of this, isn't he? She shook her head, yes. Well, you know, it's one of those moments in time where you you just can't make it up. You know, Paul and I, when we podcast together, we used to have a segment that we called "You Just Can't Make It Up," and we would <laughs> we would we would put things into that segment that were kind of like this. You know, the, this is the Messiah of of franchise showcases and expos with a cardinal rule that everyone must abide by or they they feel the pain of Tom and his team. It's not just Tom. It's all the guys coming down your neck if they see you making any kind of moves that look like you might be breaking down a little bit early. So it was a Kodak moment, Tom. It was one that I couldn't help but have some fun with. And so again, fun. If, anyone the, if anyone in the audience needs a little help with uh, MFV at any point in time, I'm happy to <laughs> This this judge will be happy to be swayed and share that photo with you for any That's any so reason great. at all. So Tom, Too how funny, much, buddy. <laughs> how um, how do you feel this is coming along in terms of this has just been a press release that's just come out and this is a really monumental undertaking uh, from a staffing perspective and from team perspective. You all geared up to to handle the, the logistics of this program and ready to yeah. go. We're ready for it. Uh, as you know, Fabio Scuchamara, who was involved in this forever and ever and used to be an employee of ours as well, um, is heading it up. And he's very, very familiar with the program and excited about the changes and how we're going to be doing it. Um, I, you know, we've, as you know, we've done a lot of uh, different events in this industry. We've launched a lot of different things. This is the first time in my life I've not had anybody say, you know, I don't think that makes sense. <laughs> As you said, it's you know you hear it and you go, of course that makes a ton of sense. So it's the, it's it's the first program I think I've ever been involved in where I haven't had anybody say no yet. I'm waiting. Right. But uh, yeah, yeah no, I think everybody's excited about it. All right, so let's re- revisit and recap what has to happen. So if you're a franchisor and you've got franchisees in your system that are at least two years in business. Um, you can nominate up to five of them for a nomination fee of how much, Tom? One more time, repeat the number for us. It's, it's, it goes from uh, 450 to 350 depending on the number. So, excuse, so, so it's, nominate it's, one if you nominated one, I apologize. If you nominate one, it's 495 uh, And if you get down to nominating five, it's 350 each. Okay, so that makes sense. And the criteria that the franchisor, um, the only criteria the franchisor is bound or obligated to is that that franchisee has been in business for at least two years and has there's a story um, that's compelling about something that has been influenced by that franchisee's business. doesn't have to be economic at all. It could be community impact. It could be impact on employees. But there's a difference maker that that should be told, and that's what this franchisor is asked to consider when making these nominations is some compelling difference made by the presence of that franchisee or somebody within his business. Is that correct? 
That's correct. And that they have demonstrated through the process and, and their involvement what makes franchising great. And so that therein lies the reason why you could be a multi-unit or a single-unit operator and still compete on the level playing field. There's not going to be any imbalance. Um, the stories are what we're judging, um, not the size of the enterprise or the significance of the difference in the community that it serves is what we're judging, not that it's one, three, or 100 stores. So Correct. any franchisor who's got history with franchisees that have made a difference in their communities and are operating for two or more years should consider nominating one to five of those franchisees. And then they get some kind of a crest or something to include on their website or in all their marketing. How does that work? Right. So we'll, we'll provide them with a, a logo, uh, a crest that says, I have a franchisee or I have franchisees nominated to be best franchisee of the United States. And they can start using that on marketing materials and uh, anything they're sending out on their website. And then the franchisees too, do they get some type of recognition that they can showcase at their local unit level, uh, letting their customers know that they've been nominated? Yes, exactly. The same. Which has got to be a big big boom. Yeah, big boom for, for the local franchisee, whether a finalist or an actual winner just to have had the honor to be able to showcase that to their customer base and they can use that online too. Exactly. Exactly. And, and again, it's, it's, it's something that can boost their, you know, their business itself locally. All right. And then there's going to be nothing public facing so that, you know us judges, and you know that if we had the attraction of public-facing recognition, people would be twisting our arms, and you're going to shield us from all of that. So this is sorry, all going I'm to be sorry, judged. Stan. You're listed. You're listed on the website. <laughs> we're going you're to be listed. yeah, but we're going to be doing our judging behind a closed door. It's not going to be a public showcase. And then the five of us judges are going to each get 20% of the final number of applicant packages that are submitted. And we are each going to be judging to the same criteria. And then all of those, if we get 100 apiece and we come up with our finalists and we come up with our final pick, then each of those final picks um, will then get adjudicated for the single best selection in the U.S. And that will be announced at IFE in New York, correct? That is correct. All correct. And Simultaneously, this is going on in how many other countries? In seven other countries. So in seven other countries, there are five judges doing the same thing that we are doing here. And then come December, the finalists from each of those other countries plus the U.S. all stand on a stage in Florence for, what, a day, day and a half of, of competition there? Right. They will be interviewed. You know, the, the winners from each country will be interviewed uh, in front of the judges from, from the different countries. The only, the only criteria that we didn't talk about is once we get to Florence, um, let's say you were the nominating judge and you're there and you're the U.S. judge at this, you cannot vote for your country. So you would have to vote for one of the other seven. And so that, you know, that may sound goofy, but really in reality it's the same as why you can't have the judges in the U.S. of 
going any further with the nominee that they put forth. They can't vote for that person again. Each of us has to, we have to own up that we, we found the best one in our pack, and each of the other judges found the best one in their packs, and each of us judges have to vote for one of the others, not the one that we nominated as the best Correct. in our group. And then Correct. the same would prevails. Be scorned. Right. If you if right. you went there and didn't vote for the U.S. company, you'd be going to be a long flight home. Right. 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 But in the countries or in the competition in Florence, the same thing. All the judges from their respective com- countries are going to be voting for other applicants from countries other than their own. So it's it's going to make it fair, balanced, and equitable. And um, what do you think happens to the franchisee, both in the U.S. and the franchisee that wins for the global side of this competition, will their lives really ever be the same? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Their lives will be the same because by the time they get to that point, they have shown what a passion. They've shown this incredible passion. They've shown they got into franchising for all the right reasons. They've shown that franchising has, has changed their lives before any of this happened. Right. And all it's going to do is, is, is just magnify some of that. I can't imagine why this hasn't come along sooner, Tom. And you should, should have thought of this 100 years ago. Um, this is brilliant. And I think it's, it's going to be very exciting. And, um, and I'm proud, really, to be a part of it. Is there anything that I should have asked you, Tom, that I haven't? No. Yeah, I, I think you have uh, you've explained it great. Uh, I think you you have a good handle on it, and uh, I think you're going to be a big part of it. You're going to be a big part of it here in the U.S. and and really just in shaping this for years to come. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you agreeing to be part of it, um, and uh, I think I think your fingerprints will be on this for for a lot of years to come, Stan. So thank you so much. Even after telling the Kodak story, huh? Even after telling the Kodak, listen, I anticipated that. I figured that was coming. <laughs> I couldn't help it, Tom. It's just one of those things that, you know, you, you can go a whole lifetime and not see something like that. When you see it, you've got to share it. So, Tom, I appreciate you cool. staying with us today. And give us the website again and, and help the audience pass along what they've heard to franchisors that they know or to their own organizations so that they can start getting the word out and thinking about who to be nominating for best franchisor, franchisee of the world. They could go online to bestfranchiseeoftheworld.com, and they could find out about the program. They could read the guidelines. They could see how to nominate. Um, They'll see a gallery of pictures of of the past events in Florence, which, you know, one of the things we haven't discussed is just how magnificent it is. Um, It takes place at the most beautiful places in Florence. Um, It's it's really a a, a first-class gala. Um, you'll see the judges, and uh, you could read some news about it and know how to contact everybody. All found on uh, com. Tom, it's been a pleasure, man. I can't thank you enough. You're, um, you're always welcome here. You've always been a great contributor to Franchise Today, and uh, albeit a much different but related topic today, Um, It's always a pleasure being around you and having you on and talking with you, Tom. So thanks for joining us, Tom Portese, President and CEO of MFV Expos and the Grand Pumbaa of the best franchisee in the world. What a great idea, Tom. 
Thanks so much. Thanks so much, Dan, for everything. I appreciate it. See you soon. Looking forward to it, Tom. So that um, another interview, another great interview, number four for the year, and uh, we've got a great lineup of guests that are going to be coming your way in the weeks ahead. Next week on Franchise Today, I'm going to actually have a trifecta of guests as I'll be joined by Jim Fliss, who was here last week for the front of the house, and he's going to be joined by Barb Smith and Don Graves, key members of the executive team at Key Bank, the nation's 15th largest bank and a top 10 SBA lender. Um, each of these three executives are leaders in diversity and inclusion and SBA lending, and they're all going to be talking about Key Bank's um, recent commitment to the IFA's Educational Foundation, where they are going to be getting deeply involved in financial commitments toward women in franchising, community involvement, financial dignity for those in low and moderate income communities, and how through their commitment to the IFA's Educational Foundation, they'll be able to foster growth through franchising from one and all. So you don't want to miss this episode or this opportunity to meet with the KeyBank team who will also be at the upcoming IFA convention. And before I round out the segment today, um, I've had some help backstage for the last few weeks that it, I've really not acknowledged, but I feel like today is the day to not let that go an inch further or a minute further. And uh, I want to thank Ryan Hicks and Ralio for all of the support that they've been giving me, both Ryan and, and his expertise through Ralio and social media marketing to, um, to help take this next season of franchise today uh, and what I think is the next generation of franchise today to the next level. And Ryan, I think your mic is hot if you're back there. Are you able to say hello? I am, Stan. Thank you very hey, much. Hey, there you for, are. Thank you, thank you very much for the call out. And I'll have to say that this, I was just looking up on the website when Tom mentioned the website for this uh, best franchisee competition and award. And man, this looks like a magnificent event. That's what Tom said. I think it is magnificent. And uh, also, I think what you're doing with the podcast is great. You're showcasing great companies like Soulink, and I love it. Glad to be a part of it. Glad to help. Well, happy to have you a part of it. And, you know, it was it was fun for me back in when Tom and I, when I was giving him the, the royally rough treatment about what he did in West Palm. You know, in West Palm, I met with uh, – I saw some people there that were part of the speaking uh, portion of the program. One was Mike Webster, and with him was Joe Caruso – and, you know, Joe has roots that go back to the beginning of Franchise Today as a tag team partner and producer with Paul Segreto when Paul started this podcast. And, um, mm -hmm. and now Paul, Paul is continue, continuing to do a Saturday morning program and has turned the reins over to me for Franchise Today. And, and it gives me the opportunity to pay it forward and pay it back and to do all the things that we do. Um, but, you know, for the help that you're providing, um, can't keep you hidden backstage how to let the world know that you've been terrific to um, make this easier for me to do and um, and I can't thank you enough for it and happy to um, be of assistance and serve you in any way able with your podcast Brian you want to give a shout out to your modern business program and talk a, bit, a minute about that yeah well um, modern, I started modern business podcast in late 2017, actually the, the November 2017, um, the kind of the the impetus was 
um, the, based on the, the fact that I was meeting great, great people in franchising and beyond. A lot of that's thanks to you, thanks to Jerry Darnell and some of the, some of the mentors that I've had in franchising over the past, you know, six years. But I said, man, I, I, whenever I meet these folks, you know, founders of great companies, whenever I meet these folks, I'm learning a ton. And where, where my real interest lies is kind of at the intersection of franchising and B2B technology, you know, on the supplier side of the business. And I wanted to start a podcast that brings lessons from leaders in all aspects of franchising, both on the Zor and the Z side, and then marries that also with topics in technology. So that's what, that's where modern business came from. And since then I've had, I think I've only had Reddit 50 episodes for our listener base is growing. It's actually really nice, really good listener base. We've had some absolute rock star franchisees and franchisors on the podcast. Folks from, you mentioned Aslam Khan. We've had Don Lafrida. We've had um, way too many to name, um, but we've had a lot of good folks. And, and I get messages weekly just thanking and saying, hey, we I learned this, didn't know that, et cetera, et cetera. I'll also shout out, um, we, we have a couple of different segments. We, we launched a millennial and franchising segment, and we're just about to launch um, with a name that most everybody listening here will know as the first guest. We're about to launch a women in franchising segment, and both of those have guest hosts. So we have a lot of, a lot of great content coming, and glad to, glad to help you. And I think us folks in media need to stick together. So I can't thank you enough for your contributions and for um, putting a focus on franchise today and no telling where all this takes us in the weeks, the months ahead, but it's all about the thing that we all love so much. And that is franchising. And um, I can't think of a better way for people to do business and to network through business. And there's not another way of doing business any place that I've ever seen where interdependency is so prevalent. So I'm going to leave it at that. And for now, I'm going to say until next week, I'm Stan Friedman wishing you the very best of all things franchising. And until we get together next week, franchising um, is in my blood and in yours. And until then, Franchise Today is out. Franchise Today is a production of FRM Solutions, providing fast and class CRM tools to empower relationships with prospective and existing franchisees. No excuses, just solutions. Find them online at frmsolutions.com. Join Stan every Wednesday at noon Eastern for another live episode of Franchise Today. Or, as always, download episodes on demand at blogtalkradio.com or iTunes.